Hello, welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing chapters 13 and 14 of Prisoner of Azkaban with Kim from Fanatical Fix. Yay, we are so excited to have Kim on and you will hear her voice in a little bit. But first, very quickly, we have some thank yous to do. So our first thank yous are to two new patrons, Kim and Raul. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. You are helping support the podcast so much and you're both wonderful. Yes, thank you so much. Also, big thank you to our three new producer-level patrons, Mark, Danny, and Amanda. Woo! 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 They all already were patrons, but they've made the very kind decision to upgrade, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. We will be having your episodes devoted to your choice of booze very soon. Correct. So get excited to hear those. And we have a few new reviews to quickly go through. So thank you to Samad, who says, our podcast is easy listening. Easy confuses me because I think we're quite erratic, um, but they learn new things from the podcast. Look at that. We're educating people. We are. We should teach in schools. No, don't let us near schools. And thank you so much to Kate Cat, who loves the tangents that we go on. That's good because we just went on one. We just went on one. And finally, thank you so much to Dave from Crooked Ones, who says he's having withdrawal now that he's caught up on all the episodes. Um, sorry about that. But enjoy this episode, enjoy I guess. Enjoy this episode. In other news, we have just launched our first ever listener survey. So if you want to help improve the podcast, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, give us some opinions on things like merch upload days um, potential sponsorships all that good jazz or you just really want a place to vent and tell us how much you fucking hate, hate us. us and where we can improve ahead on over the link is in the description it's also all over our social media um, we would absolutely love any responses to that we would this survey is like some of the main things that are gonna implement some decisions we're making in the future so if you have any opinions on the podcast about the way it's run about basically anything we are listening to every single response so go and check out our listener survey it's fun to do yes we also particularly want some good quotes that we can put on merchandise yes yeah okay so without further ado get ready to hear our and kim's hot takes on chapters 13 and 14 of prisoner of azkaban Hello. We're back with another episode. We're doing that thing where we pass the sentence between we're just, us. <laughs> just like, ha ha ha. Oh. Yeah. We're back with another episode. Uh, really excitingly, today we have our first guest that's not in the room. What? Yeah. We have Kim from Fanatical Fix. What up? I was really worried I was going to say your podcast name wrong. Then I was like, the pressure's too much. I'm going to say something wrong. <laughs> it is a long um, ass name. Yeah. And I'm always like, fantastic beast. No fanatical what? Fantastic fit what? <laughs> yeah, fanatical fix. Uh, our, is it safe to say our favorite? I'd say it's yeah. my favorite other Harry Potter podcast. Would you like to tell everyone a bit about it? That is it? the highest compliment. Um, So we are a... <laughs> comedic uh harry potter fan fiction podcast where we find ridiculous fan fictions and then read them to each other while laughing incessantly hysterically <laughs> sometimes i i always listen to it on my commute into work and i've started to worry i'm going to be known as like the maniac on Vauxhall bridge <laughs> because i actually like sometimes cry laughter on Vauxhall bridge just like <laughs> that is so great my old my goal used to be to make sequoia cry every episode <laughs> That's such a good one. What for me, the laughs are 
or just her horrified tears. <laughs> yeah. What are we drinking today, Kim? Um, I've picked up a couple ciders. Uh because I love them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we picked up the same. We love cider. Yeah, I'm we really glad that you didn't when you said pick this. Wine. Oh. <laughs> Dang, I just finished one. Here, let me let me crack another one open. Let's get some nice audio. Yes, yes, Sound audio. Yes. Hopefully that yes. got recorded. So, Kim, what house are you? Okay, so I have a couple <laughs> answers to that because of course I do. If I'd been sorted at 11, I would have been in Ravenclaw. Just uh-huh. that's the truth. But I identify so much with Zachariah Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard anyone say that sentence. That is a hot take. Yeah, Thank you. He's just the worst. And I just identify with that so strongly. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That So that makes you a Hufflepuff or just Zachariah Smith? Just a shitty Hufflepuff. Okay, so chapter 13, Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw. Nice. I am Um, so sad Sequoia couldn't be here today. She actually plays Quidditch. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh no! Or played Quidditch, I guess. She uh, is the founder of Quidditch in Utah. She started the team. So she's That's so cool. She's like an OG Quidditch player and it's such a bummer that she couldn't be here to talk Quidditch with you because all I have are shitty Quidditch takes. But this is such a Quidditch heavy book and such a Quidditch heavy chapter. It's a shame she couldn't be here. I mean Prisoner of Azkaban is one of my favorite no, they're all my favorite. What am I saying? Book. I'm like, where does it come on your list? And you're like, stop trying to make me have a list. I know. It's just too hard. And I'm always like, oh, so like Prison for Azkaban, but then also Goblet of Fire, but then also Deathly Hallows, but then also like, like that's all the books. Well done. You've listed all the books. Congratulations. Literally all of them. But I feel like this is a great book, but I feel like this is where it starts to kick off. Yeah. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. Ron and Miney are super angry at each other and they're now not speaking because right at the end of the last chapter, we found out that it looks like Crookshanks has eaten scabbers mm-hmm. and both of the others think they're wrong and I'm trying to work out who is wrong and it I is both of them it's both of yeah. them yeah it's so sad that they just can't like apologize to each other yeah it's so but the thing is it's so reminiscent of like me at 13 exactly 14. like yeah. I'm stubborn now I was 10 times more stubborn at 13 there was no way I would have apologized for something like yes. this yep. like Hermione definitely should be like oh damn sorry sorry but, if I can't eat your rat yeah, <laughs> but then also has to be like is like I'm sorry your rat's dead and yeah. she I'll buy you and do that <laughs> Yeah. And Which, he literally says that in the latest chapter. He's like, if she just apologized, and I'm like, yeah, Ron's kind of right. Like, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, obviously in hindsight, you're like, oh no, Hermione was correct. But she didn't know she was correct. No. No. They're both wrong and they're both being idiots. And Harry's just caught in the middle like, I'm not going to talk to both of them but about how they should side talk to each Ron. other. He does. Like, they're both Which being is... kind of shitty and he does side with Ron. He does. Yeah. And just because Ron stops being to her, he refuses and it's like, Harry, could you be a better friend, please? I feel like Harry is just always, like, apathetic about everything. Like, he's a typical man (laughs) where he just doesn't ask the questions that he should ask. He tries with Hermione a couple times, I think. Yeah. Which is is okay, which is good for Harry. Harry's attempting something. (laughs) But he just just doesn't really care about anything that's not really himself. So when, like, Ron's basically bullying Hermione, Harry's just kind of like... Okay. And one yeah. like, could you maybe stop? And one's like, no. Like, right. <laughs> Harry's like, okay, yeah. that's fine. I think it's okay, interesting I asked- how hard Ron takes Scabber's death. Yeah. 
because he does nothing but complain about scabbers. And Rom does that with everything. Yes. It's like how we were saying in the last, I think the last episode or the episode before that, how like he always calls Hermione a know-it-all, but it, Snape can't call her that. That's two completely different things. Mm. And it's the same with scabbers. Like, oh, scabbers is so annoying. Scabbers is this, scabbers is that. But he loved scabbers. Yeah. yeah. Ron's such a sweet boy. Yeah. <laughs> Just emotionally stunted. Oh, oh my yeah. God. He's like someone I would date. <laughs> he is. I would date Ron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true it's sad but true oh, yeah. Yeah. sad 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 but true yeah <laughs> just oh. this whole year is so hard for her yeah just in it's, it's so entirety tough. like i was when i was reading this chapter i was like man this whole book should have just been called hermione granger and the year-long stress nightmare yeah, yeah. literally like the bit where we find out later she's been crying at Hagrid's. I'm like, this isn't fair of her. Yeah. So Gryffindor train for the match tomorrow. And it's the first time Harry has ever ridden the fireball. And he gives Ron a little practice on it. He said about how it like, it responds more to his like thoughts than, than his touches. And it makes, like, Quidditch must actually be quite physical. Like, if you're turning it with your body, you must fully have to, like... Yeah, it is a sport. Yeah. I mean, we joke about like... Quidditch muscles on our podcast, like, what are Quidditch yes. muscles? But actually, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I assume it's the same level of sport as, like, rowing, where you're not technically or using... Riding. Or horse riding. where you're not... Yeah, you're not technically using your legs on the ground, but it, yeah. you are still it's, exercising. And, it, and it's like your core, isn't it? It's yeah, like, they yeah. probably got some sick Quidditch abs. Yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking, like, does Harry get less of a workout because it's less effort? Like, is Harry going to lose his abs because he's got... Because Harry, age, age 13, Harry has so many abs. <laughs> Harry went wave summer and got hot. He got abs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is in every um, fan fiction. Oh, my gosh. What, like, Ron's Quidditch muscles when he starts Ron has on TV Quidditch muscles. muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Wood points out that Cho Chang's broom will look like... It's a joke compared to the fireball. And we've said this so many times, but it's not fair that Harry is allowed. But it seems like so typical of the wizarding community to be like, oh, you're the one with the money, so you get the privilege, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, like... It's so shitty, but typical. We we sometimes talk about how Hogwarts have a lot of these things left over from, like, English boarding schools. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, this is quite an English boarding school thing Mm -hmm. because it's only rich people that would go there. So it doesn't matter about having sanitized equipment because everyone's rich. But that doesn't translate to Hogwarts where... Not everyone is rich, but yeah. it's based on a boarding school. It's yeah. like... Yeah, it's yeah, kind of... It's so ridiculous that they get to provide their own equipment, but it kind of makes sense, I guess. I don't know. It's just kind of a shitty thing that the wizarding community would do. Yeah, because it, like, the way that they describe how good the fireball is just makes it seem like nothing else can compete, and it's like, well, then that it the entirely point? defeats the yeah. fucking point. Yeah, yeah like, what's the point sport? of playing a sport against someone who has such superior equipment to you that it doesn't even it'd be like racing against a car that's way better than yours it doesn't make it yeah it's it's like taking like a normal car out against like a formula one car around a track like however good you are you're not going to win exactly because it sounds like it sounds like Cho, like, later on in the match, the way that she's playing is really fucking strategic. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's actually... When Harry plays, he's like, oh, I just fly around the place. <laughs> and then when it's, like, Cho, she's actually, like, trying to, Locking like, block him, him and, and tail him. him. Yeah. I feel like it is, like, kind of, like, the classic where it's, like, the amount of effort that a woman has to put in <laughs> versus a man <laughs> to, like, get even half the success. 
Oh man, yes. <laughs> yeah, because yes. it sounds like like they were both going for the snitch, and then Harry's on the fast broom, so just gets there first. And like, exactly, sucks to be Cho. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there mm-hmm. are occasions where being a better flyer does help. Like Harry beats Draco handily on his Nimbus two thousand, but it's exactly. still super questionable. Anyway, so yeah, Cho Chang um, being appointed the Ravenclaw secret, and that Harry um, like thinks about how she's quite pretty. Oh, I love that bit. Yeah. So, yes. And it's a like, bit further ahead than where I was, but like, I literally love that it's like, his tummy flips over. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah. And it's like the first time you have like Harry, like having a crush like, on oh, someone. Like, yeah, 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 it no. is the first time. So here's the thing. I actually did kind of want to talk about this. Cho Chang, it means a lot to me. I so I'm an Asian American person um, yeah. and I grew up in a community where I was like the only Asian kid in my class. We we moved to a really rural, rural area when I was little. And the fact that Cho is not only super smart in Ravenclaw, um, she's also really good at sports and really pretty. And she was just kind of like a really inspirational character for me as a kid. Yeah. And she meant a lot to me. But also at the same time. Her first name and her last name are both last names. Yeah. And her yeah. first name is a Korean last name. So, <laughs> yikes. It's, yeah, and growing up, that's something, like, I never knew, obviously. Yeah. I was just like, uh, and it's this classic thing, like, it's like, and we talk about it a lot, J.K. Rowling trying to be like, look, there is diversity and it's mm-hmm. a bit like she was trying to say to a british audience look mm-hmm. it's clearly an asian person Just and now growing up i'm like wait no asian, i'm like, like wait no now i realize that's two asian surnames yeah, yeah. you can't just do that and like in hindsight i'm not remotely surprised with all we now know about jk rowling yeah. but good. also to be fair to joe my name is my grandma's last name so okay so no Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. It does but happen. Also, a little yikes. Yeah, especially considering like in Curse Child, she wrote whatever Ron and Padma's daughter is isn't his name. Oh, fucking Panju. Not a name. Panju is like it's not a name. It's like an, it's like I've read that it's a place. It's not a name. It's not even a name. I love it. It's so messy. Yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. justice for Panju. Oh, Panju. He <laughs> just stopped existing. Poor Panju. I also think like I'm excited to talk about. Cho later on in the book, so I can excite excited she's finally in it because you're right. She's like this really cool character. She's yeah. super smart. She's plays sport, and then she goes through this terrible thing, and it seems she gets the eyes no of support, a, no support, yeah. and it seems to the eyes of a teenage boy who pretty much dumps her because she's depressed, and it's yeah. kind of like yeah. oh god, that's yeah. looking back, and this is what we're doing as an adult reader because I used to be like God, Cho Chang's annoying, and now I'm like. Oh my god, that child Cho. needs help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah, no, Cho was so cool. I thought she was amazing when I was little. Just Actually, something that's kind of interesting is she's often portrayed in fan fiction as kind of like the cheerleader character, like the mean girl cheerleader that's standing yeah. in the way of Harry. Like in the in the era that I'm reading, which is 2003. Yeah. <laughs> so that's often the role she takes. Um Yeah. That's so. interesting. It's kind of like if I feel like 2003, it's kind of like if a girl is described openly as pretty, it's kind of turned around and it's like fan fiction and things. It's like, oh, well, she must be like the bitchy cheerleader rather than being a a smart, independent woman. But Cho is really smart. And that's just like a fact about her. And I, I don't know. I just really looked up. Yeah. It was the same with like how Fleur was treated, where it was like, oh, pretty character. No, she's a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, But but that actually happens in the books. And that's fucking messed up. 
it is yeah. messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that when we get to it as well, because it's... That's a ways of, in the future. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, half of this podcast like, is us just being like, I'm really excited to talk about this thing. <laughs> yeah. It keeps people listening. It's fine yeah. to say that. But yeah, some of the women are a bit... Whew. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, just before the match, Percy and Penelope, it's revealed they've put, like, a £10 galleon bet each way on the match. But Percy reveals that he doesn't have the money for this bet, which is so un-Percy. Like, yeah. Percy's this straight nice guy. And then I imagine he's so <laughs> infatuated with his girlfriend. She's like, shall we bet 10 galleons? And he's just like, yes. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I feel like, like it's kind galleons. of like a Slytherin-y thing to do. And Percy's pretty Slytherin. <laughs> He is, yeah. 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 Like, I think my favorite thing that has come from this reread has been like Percy and Penelope's relationship (laughs) and how invested in it I am. Like, it's gone from just being like a throwaway thing that I never paid attention to to now just like really paying attention to the dynamics between these two. We don't know when we broke up. We're going to have to keep an eye on this. (laughs) I know. I think the interesting thing is that he holds her to the bet, but. Do you think he would have held up the his end of the bet if he had lost? No, no. absolutely not. He would have like tried yeah. to get out. Of like, it. Oh, that it's was a, a it's joke. A really slimy thing. Yeah, it was a joke. No, yeah. no, we can't bet in school but matches also, anyway. It's imagine like actually betting your girlfriend like a considerable amount of money. You wouldn't make her do it. No, like but he, me and he my goes bet, to bet, collect. Like, oh, two pounds. Yeah, and yeah. he's excited. He's like, Harry, you've won. Must go get the money off Penelope. I'm like. What? It's weird. Ugh. Like, don't be a douchebag. Maybe this is why they didn't stay together. I Definitely know, not. I know. I she just, broke up like, with him then. Yeah, yeah, she was just like, you're a dickhead. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that Percy would have been an incel, but... <laughs> and I feel so bad because Chris is lovely and I have a lot of Chris problems trying Percy, to separate the two. Chris isn't person. <laughs> to me, they are... <laughs> is allowed to suck because it's interesting yeah and it, it's a very interesting character especially because he's a weasley so the game starts and we get the best game commentary in all seven books it's the one where lee jordan is trying to talk about the fireball constantly and we're going to be like could you concentrate on the match could you concentrate on the match oh i and love i love how invested mcgonagall is in quidditch quidditch she it's one of my loves it yeah so cool. i need We've said this before. I want a podcast between Lee Jordan and Professor McGonagall. Like, yes. that's what I want. Oh, we oh, skipped, yes. we skipped um, Harry uh, coming out on the Quidditch pitch and noticing that Cho's extremely pretty. Yes. Um, and, like, and they're, like, looking at each other. So he notices she's extremely pretty, and then he feels a jolt near his stomach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very near. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah. in his stomach. I didn't read it as near his mm-hmm. stomach. Oh. It says near. Uh, something quivered look do you think it's hard to play quidditch with a boner yes yes (laughs) would it not get in the way like Like, you already got woods between your legs you don't need further somebody's got wood surely broomstick riding is hard for men anyway (laughs) they like this is the thing like you would think they would have like a little seat on them but then in the film they don't no, it's just a pole it just between your legs. I mean, it's hard for women anyway. Like, riding a bike hurts enough. A broomstick? Like, wow. Mm. 
Yeah. That's something we need to think about. Like, I'm very used to having wood between my legs. But that's the sound Stop! Like... Bringing the stone uh, down uh, in this uh, way. It's nice. my job. Nice. <laughs> my brand. Nice. I'm not sure what this means, but Sequoia has definitely mentioned broom burn to me before. So... Oh. I can imagine there's a chafing. I can imagine yeah. some chafing, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, splinters even. Oh, they had to. They switched from um like twiggy back ends of their of the Muggle Quidditch brooms to like a foam end. So I would, yeah, I would imagine some splinters. Oh wow! <laughs> oh gosh, mm. I'm uncomfortable thinking yeah. about that. Mm. Yeah. So then Cho keeps being all tactical and blocking Harry, and Harry. <laughs> is trying to not be too mean about it and Wood ends up yelling at him don't be a gentleman knock her off her broom if you have to it's so good it's I wrote so down good. that quote I also wrote down oh. McGonagall being like are you being paid to advertise files? <laughs> <laughs> oh so good <laughs> so good so both Cho and Harry are they've been searching for snitch the match has been going on and they both start to go for the snitch when three dementors walk yeah. onto the pitch and Harry just without a second thought just Cast Expecto Patronum. Which do you not think much the must have looked like sick to the rest of the school. Like he's oh, on a broom, so flying good. through the air, he pulls out his wand and just casts a perfect corporeal patronus, which most of them won't have seen before. Yeah. yeah. And then continues to fly and then catches the stitch. Uh, At that point, that was when it would have been like Harry Potter. Oh, fucking badass. Like, yeah. You know when you do something and you're like, I wish I could see me do that? Yes. yes. You do something so smooth. Well, I was kind of imagining what if you like cast Expecto Patronum and then because he was concentrating, wasn't looking where he was going, and then just rammed into the stadium edge. <laughs> <laughs> That's how totally I really ruined that. it. Oh, <laughs> accidentally swallows the snitch again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry just really loves deep throating snitches. Oh, stop. Nice. <laughs> So he yeah. catches the snitch. Yay. Ugh, um, so cool. And then lands and he's like, oh my God, Lupin, the Dementors. And Lupin's like, yeah. It was. Yeah. Come and have a look. <laughs> Lupin yeah. is so proud of was... Harry in that moment. It's so cute. He's it's like, you did a really a good... good job with that spell. I watched you play Quidditch real good. Also, it wasn't the mentors. Come and look at Malfoy being told off. Like, no. uh, it's, it almost feels like it's meant to be the end of the book. Like, it's so many lovely things all at once. <laughs> so Slytherin lose 50 points. No, which... Ravenclaw. Oh, no, Slytherin lose 50 points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. What? Since when is Draco in Ravenclaw? No, I thought you were saying that, like, Slytherin lost the Quidditch match. I wasn't listening to you. Wow. Oh, man. Just, like, yeah. Malfoy, like, planning out that... That prank is so classic Malfoy. I love it so much. How did he think it was going to work? And he put so, so much stupid. effort into just like fucking with Harry. Yes. Just like an abnormal amount of effort where you're just like, eh, you, you're a bit gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have said this many times, like the way he basically follows Harry around to he make does. fun of him. I'm like, if you don't like him, just leave him alone. Dreary exactly. for life, like, my dudes. Yeah. Yeah. He always has to like go into his like compartment, compartment on, the on the train <laughs> and you're just like, yes. leave him alone. Yeah. His day isn't complete unless he's seen Harry and made fun of him somehow. Yeah, he'll like go all the way over to him in like the Great Hall just to make some snarky remark. Yeah, like, he yeah. does. He does that before the match too, doesn't he? He yeah. does. Yeah, he comes over to be like, 
I can't remember what he says, because but Harry has to come back like maybe your broom can grow an extra arm so it can catch the snitch view. Such a great oh, sassy well, Harry yeah. moment. Yeah, sassy <laughs> Harry is my favorite sassy Harry. So good. Oh, so good. So then it's party time. <laughs> they have a huge party. Hermione is not joining in. She's but Harry actually... continuing to have a mental breakdown. Yeah, and yeah. still no one is looking out for this girl. Oh, she's having a I mental know. breakdown. Like I literally like I'm so glad later on in the books when she starts to befriend Ginny because Harry and Ron are just the worst fucking friends. Like yeah. she is clearly They're not looking out for her. Shit. No. Yeah. Like to be in the middle of a party and she's very obviously like freaking out about the amount that she has to do. Yeah. It's so obvious that she's taken on too much and they just literally could not give two shits. Yeah. Like reading this chapter as someone that has had the world's busiest past two weeks, yeah. I would just like so fucking <laughs> sympathetic to Hermione and I'm just like, why is no one caring? Yeah. Somebody also, help like, her. I, yeah. Like, the thing is, I'm sure Professor McGonagall kept being like, are you okay? Because we've given you this time turner. This is a lot of work. Yeah. But Hermione being Hermione would have been like, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but she needed someone who knows that her saying she's fine. Wasn't she true. isn't fine. Yeah. That yeah. She sobbing in the corner every night. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then Ron decides this is a great time to make a dig about it. And she does end up sobbing. Yeah. And running upstairs to her room. Mm-hmm. And Harry's just like, it, uh. uh he's so then. shit. He Not is, helpful. Like pretty shit. I I know he's a teenage boy and they're all shit and I know that they're all grown men are shit but he's just especially shit all he cares about is himself he does yeah oh Harry's the worst yeah and and it comes up it it comes up even more in the next chapter after Hagrid has a word with them and they're still Mm. it annoys me so they end up going to bed at like 1am and then after they've gone to sleep a shout wakes them up Mm -hmm. and it turns out Ron says that Sirius Black was standing over his bed with a knife. What yeah. the fuck was Sirius's plan here, though? I don't know. <laughs> just find the rat and chop his head off. Like, and he's like, just so serious. They were like, out of the dormitory earlier that day. You didn't have to break in in the middle of the night when they're all guaranteed to be there. Well, I yeah. suppose he thinks that if when they're all out, Scabbers is on Ron. Yeah, oh, maybe. But also, he like slashes into the like curtains. Yeah. <laughs> You're like. That is so extra and so threatening. Like, just you just move them. Well, it's kind of it literally would take more effort to slash into the curtain. You think it's more like you okay, you've torn a hole in it, so you now have a tiny hole. You still need to like, did he like slash into it and then had to cut all the way down to the bottom of the curtain yes. and then the other side as well? To, like, yes, remove. just no. cutting and cutting into the curtains. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Ron woke up because he was just like, what is that noise? Like, just, <laughs> in the end, like, so he was, like, puts down the knife, gets out his craft scissors and they're just cutting this hole in. <laughs> like, oh, But Jesus. it's the thing we were talking about, like, a few episodes ago with the misdirection. Like, obviously, we're being told that Sirius Black is the evil one. Yeah. And then it turns out at the end that he's the good guy. But there's still some things that then seem weird, like him slashing up the fat lady. Yeah. Yep. And standing over a boy's bed with a knife. It's yeah. like, okay, I understand you had a cause here. He also has had a rough, weird. like, 13 years. Yeah. yeah. He's become a bit like, unhinged. He's still, like, a bit unhinged. And he's, like, kind of, like, starving and on the run and stuff. But also, you're just like, wow, you really have a flair for the mel- melodramatic. Me- melodramatic, yes. definitely. Like, seriously, dude. Uh, uh, like, this uh, could all serious, be... Seriously. Hey! I didn't even mean to do that but like Seriously. again it's just one of those things it's like this all could have been sold with like a little bit of communication yeah. like come on dude like just like He's sit ridiculous. down with Dumbledore have a conversation I like, do feel like if he 
just gone to Dumbledore's office mm-hmm. yep. and transformed in front of him, Dumbledore would have been like, I will listen to you. Yeah. yeah. Or like he could have just not transformed and just Dumbledore would have had, like adopted him as this dog. <laughs> like, that doesn't help get rid of scabbers. No, but he would have had food. <laughs> the whole tower wakes up and McGonagall comes back in. Well, before that, Harry How's... immediately runs towards the murderer. That's just Harry. Mm, so yeah. stupid. Like, Harry, come yeah. on. What do you... And also, like, he's a Gryffindor. Yeah. And it's just also just Harry. Harry's like, danger, let me run into it's it. Like, it's a classic thing in a horror film where they hear a noise and they go towards it. And you're like, what are you doing? Harry, go stop. The <laughs> go the other way. And then she said, like, Harry was the first to the door. And yes. I was like, maybe don't be the first to the door. Yeah. Just like, okay, Harry, like, you're the one that he wants to murder. Like, Stupid. Anyone else go. Yeah. Anyone else. I, like, how does McGonagall get to the Gryffindor pom room when they're making noise? Like, how does she know? Does she have some sort, I'm guessing there's some sort of spell set up where if they're, because she comes in at 1am yeah. to shut the party down and then she comes in again because she thinks the party has restarted. So she mm. must have some sort of spell where if too many of them in the common room at yeah. a certain time, it sets something off. That or she <laughs> literally just has, like, um, the baby walkie-talkies. Yes, that. <laughs> like, Yeah. Just that. Just one hidden in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like to think she got there so fast and obviously you can't apparate. She didn't walk there in human form. She galloped there in cat form. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So. I also noticed that when Ron um, is trying to tell... So Percy comes down and says, he's like, what's all this racket? We're meant to be in bed. And Ron says, Purse, Sirius Black was in my room. And it says he says it in this faint voice. And also he calls Percy Purse, mm. which he never does. And it's just such like nice, subtle writing about her Ron is actually afraid here. Yeah, like, yeah it's really sweet. It's so sweet. that She doesn't, like, J.K. Ron doesn't need to put loads of description about how he's afraid or anything. She just needs to write, like, Purse. And I'm like, oh, Ron, he's scared. Yeah. But also I love that. No one believes him. No. They were just like, Ron, you had a bad dream. I mean, I can kind of see not believing him, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. He's like a dumb kid who's always so dumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although, like, Sirius Black has tried to break him before. It's not out of the realm. It's not like Voldemort broke into the room. Like, okay, Ron. And also, like, how how would the, like, drapes get cut up? Yeah. He only needs to say it a few times before people do actually take him seriously, though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can see not believing him. If like somebody woke up mm-hmm. in a dormitory and said that, I'd be like, no. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing though is Percy putting his prefect badge onto his it's fucking pajamas. <laughs> just in case anyone has forgotten. Yeah. yeah, just in case anyone forgot. Yeah, you know? I am head boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he just sucks so much and I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Sir Kadug and McGonagall's just like, did you let a man in? And he's just like, yes. yes. He has passwords. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, I just think I that logic. Yeah, and then obviously it. Professor McGonagall asks where he got the passwords from and poor mm-hmm. Neville has to raise his hand to admit it was him. Poor baby poor Neville. Neville. Somebody know. help so him. Like, with it changing every day, you wouldn't be the only one, surely. Uh, like, I wouldn't I, remember that. You I, know what my memory's like. Your memory's terrible. I wouldn't remember that if they were changing daily. I, I see know. where Neville was coming mm-hmm. from. Yeah. Aww. Such a... such Like... Also, they haven't been trained to be like, this is an actual security threat. I guess at this yeah. point, the fat lady's been cut open, so maybe they should be taking it a little more seriously, but... 
still like mm-hmm. it's just the password to keep the fucking Slytherins out yeah exactly and like at that time exactly. after he escapes again they introduce like a load of like security things where it's like why wasn't this done in the first yes, place yes exactly like when Flitwick's teaching the front doors to recognize Sirius like why couldn't they already if they could do that yeah why weren't like why did it take two break-ins one break-in just do it it's like last year when yeah. the um the chamber of secrets got open they were like we'll wait till four children and one ghost almost dies before we evacuate this school just like, evacuate it yeah goodness yep. sake yep, 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 yep. yeah my uh i have yeah. a younger brother who just turned 12 and just like looking at him and thinking about the shit that goes down at hogwarts like yeah. i would have burned hogwarts to the fucking ground <laughs> As a concerned older person with a sibling there. Yeah, there's like Dumbledore jokes at one point about like the amount of letters he gets with complaints from parents. I'm like, you should. Yeah. You're you're terrible. Yeah. 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 These children are in fucking danger. Yeah. Yeah. We have a running joke on the podcast about Dumbledore's like yearly death quota, where he expects like every year like twenty percent of the school to die. Yeah, and it's just like allocated in different ways, where it's like, you know, like five percent is like staircase sacrificing. Oh, um, sacrifices for spiders. Yeah, and then like ten percent is staircases. Yeah, and then there's like kind of like a two percent of like miscellaneous death. Oh yeah, I definitely would have died on a staircase. There's no question. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They look dangerous. Yeah, so maybe at this point they're like okay like it's not even that there's been two break-ins like before we were fine if Sirius marries uh, uh, marries? Ma- <laughs> if Sirius <laughs> wow <Where is> your <laughs> just gives a child a bride if Sirius no. marries me if he, like, <laughs> we were fine before if he murders someone but now actually we've had like too many deaths given the point we are in the year so now he can't because we don't want to go over the we quota. don't want to go over the quota of deaths yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hogwarts definitely kills a few students a year. Oh, exactly. The castle just eats them. Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. So it's mentioned this extra security that they bring in, including showing the pictures of the doors and security trolls who are guarding the portrait of the fat lady and who spend all day looking grumpy and comparing the size of their clubs. Yes, they do. Genuinely written in the book. It's just there on the page. I don't even, like, what do you even say at that point? I don't have, I tried to make a note on this and I was like, there's nothing I can say it's just off the pit jk rowling just wrote it yeah i'm not even gonna say anything because i don't need to no there it is mm-hmm. my job put that my in work the here is book. done here thank it is jk yeah thank you <laughs> so neville's in so much trouble he gets a howler poor neville um, it's sad oh no i feel so bad they like they, they, don't, they don't even let him know the password to his bedroom like that seems no. really extra he has to wait for another student to let him in every time he wants to go in. Which also, like, surely they he would just hear what they said. Like, yeah, because are they now changing it that regularly again? I don't know. Like, but, you know, you feel like in the morning you'd just be like, yo, Neville, today it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah Professor McGonagall came down on him really hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems oh, kind yeah. of, like, extra, because he's so little. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like we should be blaming Sirius Black, not Neville, in this situation. Also, I think Ron and Harry are so dumb in this situation because they're trying to justify Harry not turning over, like, the entrance into the school from the witch. Yeah. And... And Ron's like, oh, well, they they wouldn't they would have known if somebody had broken into Honeydukes. But Sirius has broken into Hogwarts at twice at this point. Twice now. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing it. They're totally doing it for their own benefit. Yeah. Like, 
They want to come up with any excuse possible because it suits them. Mm -hmm. And just they don't seem to realise that that's the same shit that, like, Malfoy does to get away with stuff. What they're doing is so negligent because they don't care as long as they still have this advantage they want of knowing where the passage is. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, I wrote down, like, Harry's priorities are whack because it's, like, he wants to keep that secret passage open so that he can go to fucking Honeydukes. And it's, like, death... But risk of sweet like shot. like sweet shot, but risk of death. Yeah. Like seriously, Harry. Like I think it reminds us that Harry is thirteen. Like sometimes yeah. in these books, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, Harry. But then I'm like, wait, hold on. Yeah. We are actually meant to be believing this is a thirteen year old boy, and this is in character. Of- also, like, yeah, if these you were are things 13, that I have and- a problem with now that I didn't have a problem with when I was a kid. Like yeah, yeah that checks out. Because- I'm thirteen. Yeah, duh. exactly. So but clearly, also, it's like, right. At thirteen. If someone was like, okay, this person wants to murder you. <laughs> and I find that exciting. My 13-year-old life was real yeah. boring. Someone wants to murder me? Like, Come, bring it on. And they were like, okay, they want to murder you. There's the secret tunnel that you could go to a sweet shop in. But also, the murderer could get you in. I feel like I feel like even at 13, you nah, feel like, maybe let's lock up Yeah, but Harry's tunnel. real dumb. Yeah. He's that, super, that's he does some things later in this chapter where I'm like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> um, so Hagrid invites... Harry and Ron over for tea mm-hmm. and the boys realise that they've been super selfish and they've forgotten to help Hagrid prep for his trial. But also oh. Hagrid says that he's booked two seats for him and Buckbeat on the night bus. <laughs> two seats! So cute. It's I so feel like cute. Buckbeat needs two seats to himself. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Hagrid needs two seats to himself. I feel like they should have booked two rows. They're quite, they're quite big. And then Hagrid brings up that Hermione, and that she's been visiting Hagrid a lot because yeah. she keeps crying, because she's lonely, because she's stressed. Oh, this took this it's so sad. Like, broke my heart. Yeah, I know. I think this is a really great like dad moment from Hagrid, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like uh, the the like the. Harry and Hermione help out Hagrid a lot and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like god actually Hagrid gets them into a lot of trouble a lot of the time but this is the moment where Hagrid is stepping up as the father figure for Harry and Ron that they kind of need at this yeah. point like yeah, they somebody need needs to, to tell them out. yeah yeah and it's like Hagrid's first time like we always see him as this like lovable nice friendly silly character this is his first time like being a bit of a dick he's not being a dick he's being incredible yeah but like being a dick to Harry and Ron and be like dudes come on like but he's probably what are you doing? tell them off He's probably yeah. the person, the only person that could tell them off in this way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if it had come from a teacher, they would have been like, mm, whatever, go away. Yeah. If it had come from a peer, they might not have cared. But coming from Hagrid is the right level where, well, yeah. I was about to say that they'll listen to him, but they still don't they listen don't. to him. They don't yeah. listen but to I mean, him. Ron, like, does, Ron says at this point that, like, all Hermione has to do is apologize, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. Like, he makes the fair point that if she had just said sorry, he wouldn't be yeah, so like, angry with Yeah, like, sorry your okay, pet died. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all Ron wants not hard point, to which is say. so valid. But also, Hermione is clearly so stressed and yeah. so upset and just needs someone there. And it's so incredible because yeah. Hermione's usually so in touch with, like, her emotion and, like, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. That is, like, the core of Hermione's character. But she is so stressed that she's just not connecting with that at this point. Kind and of incredible. Also, like... Yeah, Hagrid says, like, people can be a bit silly about their pets, which, like, is fucking true. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, like, also, like, you wouldn't want to believe that, like, your pet hadn't done that thing. No. Like, you wouldn't. And, like, I'm not defending Hermione because she's being a twat, but, like, we use the excuse for, like, Harry and Ron, like, oh, they're only 13. Hermione is she's only she's 13. Also, yeah. yeah. Well, she's probably under 14 so at this 14. point, but 14 yeah, is not 14 much older than 13. Chapters. Yeah, 
But like, you know, like I was a moron until just now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, they're all so young. I feel her because they're being so mean to her. And like, I just love Hagrid so much for doing this. I literally wrote Hagrid is the best and then drew a little love heart. Yeah. And like, and it it shows because at the end of the day, they're like a bunch of like preteens and teenagers that like don't have their parents there. Like, their parents aren't getting to parent them. And like, yeah, they have their teachers, but a teacher is very different than a parent. Like, they teach you different things. I think, I think Hagrid just like, I wrote this down. Hagrid just doesn't get enough credit for being one of Harry's father figures. Yeah, he doesn't. Note the fucking epilogue. Oh yeah, that's called the Charles Severus rather than I don't know. I was I was yelling at my friends last last night after I read these chapters. I was like, why the fuck isn't Albus named Remus Rubius? Mm -hmm. Yes, the actual two father figures who actually helped Harry. Uh, Yeah, because Remus gets some good dad moments in later. But um, what I wanted to know is um. Why Hagrid has an enormous fur suit? Because it's a smart suit. <laughs> is uh, is Hagrid a furry? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. no. I just thought. Oh, he he definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh no. Yep. Mm, think I mean, about that I was for a while. Did you see my eyes? I'm just like. Oh. I was about to bring up how much I hate the theory that's going around a lot now that um saying that Hagrid was a death eater but I hate I hate this theory more (laughs) but this one this one checks out more I made this for you I I your listeners I I believe he's a fairy over he's a death eater but who the fuck is saying that that's fucked up man there's also the note that Buckbeak is currently sleeping in his bed (laughs) no That's some good shit. Some good shit. Right, so I'm going to go kill myself. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> Love spending this time with you. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> Harry and Ron discuss sneaking into Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. Hermione overhears and tells them that they shouldn't because obviously Sirius Black has now tried to kill Harry twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he shouldn't sneak into Hogsmeade unprotected. And um, Ron is just a dick and is like, Harry, can you hear something? After Hagrid has had this chat yeah, with them. Yeah, they're, they're being real weens, but also Hermione's not communicating well at this point either. No, no, she's not. And like, but the thing is like, yeah, she's like wrong in the whole cat thing, but here she's like 100% prep that like... She is, but she's doing that thing where she goes about it in like book one Hermione way. She, where yeah. She's just like, you shouldn't do that. Nah, 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 nah. Where she is right, but she's being like, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell Professor McGonagall. I'm like, you yeah. go about this in a different way. It's like, she but should be right. like, Harry, like, I'll stay with you. Like, we'll like make a nice day around the castle. Like, Yeah, go- like there are so <laughs> many better ways you could go about this, but Hermione does just kind of know it all it at them yeah and yeah. so maybe ron should be like hey i'll stay like i yeah. don't yeah. want you to go I into like ron doesn't care enough that harry could get down <laughs> he's just like, harry doesn't fucking care either though no harry yeah. doesn't care he's gonna be murdered harry, harry really is a true millennial he just wants to die he's like yeah. kill me now kill me now Please. i'm trash. my suffering <laughs> i'm harry potter <laughs> i have a really Harry Potter moment where the next day he well the Hogsmeade day he literally like I every time I say this you laugh at me because apparently I say like, I was gonna say I wrote my notes he blows Neville off but <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it in that way what the uh, phrase uh, what book were 
you reading? No, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? No, that's yeah, it, it, but also it, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but also... But every time I write that down, you're like... <laughs> it's because it's me. Yeah. And I have the mentality of, like, a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> but yeah, Neville is being kept back from Hogsmeade as one of his punishments. So Neville runs into Harry and he's like, oh my god, you can't go to Hogsmeade either. Amazing. Let's play Exploding South. Let's do homework together. And Harry, being Harry, is just like, yeah, I just need to, like, go get this book from the library. See ya. And just run off. It's so home. mean. It's so mean. Can I just like, say that uh, Neville slash Harry is a great fucking ship? <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's great. I love it. I actually wrote a Neville slash Harry fairly recently. (gasps) Where is it? Where can we get hold of it? It's on (laughs) fanfiction.net and AO3. So, you know. And what is it called? It's (laughs) called, I think I called it Neville's Busy Day. Oh, I'm going to fight. I'm I'm actually writing it. Oh, it's not nasty or anything because I actually am so such a prude. I can't write nasty stuff myself, but um, I do seriously I, approve of Neville slash Harry. I, I do have like never that. read any Neville slash Harry. The, the later, the next episode we're about to put out, we've put out our first fan fiction requests. Mm. We have. We got oh, I'm way excited too to hear it. into the idea of a Hermione and Oliver Wood situation <laughs> where they're both really, really stressed. They're the they same need, age. Same age. Oh, we, that's good. We requested people change it to the same age. That's good. But where they're both like really worked up and stressed uh-huh. and about Quidditch, her about nice. her. Nice. Like, and then they run table. into each other in the prefect bathroom like, oh my yeah, gosh. They go to the prefect's bathroom to like de-stress and then they run into each other. Oh, I'm into that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I love about Percy slash Oliver so much. Is that they're both such high-strung, stressed-out dudes that I think they just need to bang it out. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't even know about that ship until we discussed it with Chris, and then I was just like, this is everything I ever needed. Yes. I, I knew it was a thing. Um, Although one of, our, one of our listeners does contend with me that uh, Wood slash Flint is better, and mm, I'm willing to consider it. Maybe that's more of a Romeo and Juliet style. Yeah, because right? I like that, but I don't. I don't view Flint sexually, whereas like I could maybe <laughs> Percy. Like, all right, probably not, but. Yeah, I'm excited to see if we get any fan fictions. Would sla- I mean, I Hermione has been slashed with every character. Everyone, <laughs> every character yeah. slash Hermione exists. Yeah, so we could we could find it. I think I think. The most disturbing one you read out was Hermione slash Crookshanks that was Regulus. Was um... I did not. I I would like to. Con- I did not fucking read that, and I vomited the entire time. <laughs> yeah, but the, you guys read out. I was just like, <laughs> my brain vomited oh, slash cried the entire time. Yeah. It was Ooh. a lot. Yeah, to I deal need... with. That was yeah. some messed I up shit. Harry <laughs> slash Luna. I actually really like Harry. I like Luna. Harry. That's Luna. a cute. Really that like is a really Luna. cute ship. There is. There, I Harry. do like a lot about that ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've gone on a ship tangent. Oops! I love all we, ships. It was always gonna happen. Oh, no. <laughs> I love every ship. So Harry runs off with Neville, and Snape clearly. So Snape catches him at snatch at the statue <laughs> at the where uh-huh. now? investigating He's like, Snape, okay is Snape reading their brain their minds here I think it's pretty clear that he is right I also 
don't think, from what I could gather from the later bit where he's looking at the map, I think he basically saw yeah. the marauders around the statue oh, from his summer school. I also saw them with pe- the piece of paper, but never understood what they were. So yeah. then when he sees, I assumed when he saw Harry around the statue, he was like, Hmm. Why did I see James and Sirius around the statue and now I'm seeing Harry? Yeah. I I kind of assumed that he was reading their minds, Harry's mind here and later, actually. Because he's being really specific about keeping eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then surely he can't because he might get an inkling, but I he think, can't be reading the entire thing or he would know exactly yeah. what the fuck is Yeah, I think he's down. getting the surface thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that the theory he could just be kind of putting two and two together. Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if you just found a dude like hanging out by a random statue, you would be a bit like, hmm. But it's like we know from book five or six that he used to follow the marauders around a bit to <laughs> wanting to catch them out in something. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's like, I don't know. I think it's a mixture. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like he definitely can't be completely reading his mind because he doesn't know it's a map. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's probably not totally, of... but I think there is kind of a point in the book being made about the amount of eye contact he's keeping with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And Harry says, like, he's like, into his yeah. eyes. So I, I think I think there are some hints like early in the books about Dumbledore and Snape both doing a little bit of that kind of mind reading stuff on Harry. Yeah. yeah. And it's pointed out in book five that it isn't just mind reading. You can't see everything yeah. that's happening, but yeah. surface level thoughts that come to the front of your mind can be red. So yeah. I think that is what's happening. Yeah. So Harry goes to Hogsmeade. Ugh, he's so Him and Ron kind of... <laughs> fucking around they're outside the shrieking shack and malfoy arrives and immediately starts goading okay are uh, are malfoy Vinny, and greg just like sightseeing i love Vinny. i love that you say Vinny. (laughs) 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 are they just sightseeing though yes that is so cute they can have nice weekends together yeah (laughs) i like to think that much like me hannah and neil they're a thruple. Stop, um. we're not a thruple. <laughs> Don't publicize this because we're not. I just, I just feel so alone. <laughs> no, but I like to think that Draco, Crab, and Goyle are just a nice little thruple together. <laughs> I like to think that when they're not, like, they have these days together, and Malfoy's still going around like, Harry Potter, Harry, 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 Harry. <laughs> and yeah, Crab and Goyle are just like, okay. I feel sure. like that's a good okay. fan fiction trope. Like when uh, someone's like really fixated on someone else and doesn't realize that entire time that they've yes. kind of with the other person. Yes. And eventually they realize. I feel like that's what is going to happen. I... Like Draco's really fixated on Harry. And then one day he actually realizes that it was Crab and Goyle all along. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I do love um, Drury or Dramini written from Vinny or Greg's perspective. So good. I haven't read that. I need to read. So good. I need to read that. And I need to start calling them Vinny and Greg. <laughs> uh, that's their names. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called, actually. Oh, definitely. Well, like, it's, Malfoy's doing his Malfoy thing because he arrives like, oh, yes, father has written to me and said that I, he had to give testimony and the great oaf is going to cry. And I'm like, do you ever shut up and talk about anything else? He does just not. obsessed. He just obsessed. He just can't stop. Malfoy just, like... I love him. He's yeah. the worst. <laughs> He's committed to the cause. So then he starts taking the mick out of Ron. And Harry's like, this is a great opportunity to mess with him. How weird does Ron look up there by himself? <laughs> he looks bizarre. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to stand in 
this shack. <laughs> just that weird kid just watching the shrieking shack by, by himself. himself. Like everyone has that weird ginger kid in their year. <laughs> oh. But in the films, they tried to change it because they never did the fallout between Ron and Hermione. Yeah. So they tried to change it into the start of their romance where they were like, do you want to move a bit closer? And he's to like, the shrieking shack. <laughs> Kill me now. That was horrific. So awkward. The films could not do any romance. No, it no. was so bad. Oh. I have oh. no memories of any of the movies. I'm just going to say that oh lucky you. they're all purged there's nothing in here from them oh <laughs> i'm very envious not that. that there's much in here from regularly. anything but fan fiction so let's be real <laughs> yeah do you even know what's canon and not by now actually no oh god <laughs> it's all fan fiction so harry thinks this is a great opportunity to just start launching some mud at Malfoy. So, how does he do this? I. This is my nose. This is a invisible. question. Yes. Because... Is he scooping them up with the invisibility cloak over his hand? Because then he would get mud on the invisibility cloak. <laughs> and then it no, would because be he split. said his hands are yeah. muddy later. So then he must be doing it within the cloak, mm-hmm. but then he must take his hand out to throw it. Mm-hmm. It makes... No sense. None. Yeah. Unless nothing None. sticks to the invisibility cloak. But then he gets mud on his hands. That's, I think that's from hands. climbing the tunnel later. Because the tunnel's like a, like a like a dirt tunnel under Honeydukes. Oh. Mm, maybe then. Maybe he yeah. is using the cloak then. Then he gets his cloak all dirty. I have no fucking clue. Weird. No, because then it also says he launches a stick. How he throws a stick? a stick. Yeah, he throws a stick. He throws a bunch of shit with yeah. his hands in the cloak. I don't know. It seems <laughs> improbable. Think, well, then, because he's being such an idiot, his face gets revealed because he sticks his leg out to trick someone. Of course, if you stick yeah, your so... leg out. But this is also where Harry face. is just like overly fixated. He's like, oh, I'm a young teenage boy that can turn invisible. What shall I do with yeah. this? I'm going to throw mud at people. It and you're just like, checks out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Seems, mm-hmm. seems normal. Yeah. He's so dumb. So his head, his head gets revealed. Malfoy sprints back up to the castle. So Actually, Harry realizes This is something I remember from the movies. Um, Tom Felton screaming yes. at Harry's head. I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Great acting. I love it. I love so Tom good. Felton so much. So good. He's very good. So Harry runs back up into the castle. And in a moment, I actually cannot wrap my head around. He gets to the bottom of the tunnel... Like the bottom of the slope. Yes, I don't understand this. He's like, I need to drop my invisibility cloak off because it's incriminating. Good. Well done, Harry. Good thinking. Why can't you just use the invisibility cloak to go anywhere else in the castle, Harry? You're fucking invisible. Or if you're going to drop the invisibility cloak off, drop off the bag of Zonko's products that are literally incriminating you. You actual Literally. Drop off the map. Drop off the Zonko stuff. If you're going to keep one thing, keep the invisibility cloak. Yes. Ideally, lose it all. Check the map. See where Snape is. He's in the corridor above. I'll wait till he walks past or I'll become invisible. And uh-huh. then, oh yes. my God, this child defeated Voldemort somehow and I'm not sure how. This is, this is such a stupid Harry moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like, it's, even if he just didn't drop off the cloak, I'd be like, okay, he was in a rush. He was panicked. It's the fact that he has that thought. Like, oh, I shouldn't have the just... invisibility cloak, but I'll keep everything else. I'll keep the yeah, Harry, this is why you need these. Hermione. So Snape catches Harry outside the statue yeah. because obviously he does. Yep. And then he's like goading Harry about his dad. And they basically get into a fight, not about Hogsmeade, about his dad, which yeah. is a bit weird. Harry is yeah, very sensitive Harry- about his parents. 
Really he, he just gets so easily provoked and it's like he literally said he's like oh he's aware that Snape's trying to provoke him and then he just goes for yeah. it anyway like do better just zone out Harry master the zone out yeah, like, you know what you do just have to turn off from a situation Me Harry you, just yeah. lacks cannot handle it yeah i know he he consistently like throughout this whole book he gets consistently goaded about his parents yeah 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 Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty sad it is sad like leave him alone (laughs) yeah but like so harry literally yells at him and tells him to shut up and he's like my dad saved your life which is a dumb thing to use when you don't know the fucking context. It, like, it don't is want pretty, to talk that's pretty 13 year old, I think. Yeah, it is. I can see why he did it, especially at his age, but also like Snape's your teacher. He can give you punishments. You have no leg to stand on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope. Harry cannot handle so, Snape. So Snape reveals not the full story, but a lot more of the story that it was a practical joke mm-hmm. where Snape was actually going to be killed and James got yeah. cold feet at the last minute and went to save Snape. This is such so an Snape interesting then reveals, like, moment of Marauder's canon. I love this moment of Marauder's canon. I love yeah, because, because we were talking earlier about how, like, well, Sirius holds a knife and he's meant to be a good guy, but... Yep. Sirius literally played a joke on Snape that would have killed yeah, Sirius, in school. Oh my gosh, Sirius is maybe my favorite character. He is so interesting in that yeah. he is such a moron. Yeah, and he's so... Like, they talk about James being arrogant, but Sirius is a whole nother level of... Yeah. Yes. But then also, like, it's that thing. I feel like they're all young, and it's like, you know, when young people, like, have... They kind of have, like, a detachment from, like... They don't see the connection between their actions and then, like, the, the results. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's why Harry's like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I won't tell anyone about this passageway because he just, he doesn't see that as connected to Sirius getting in, even when it obviously is. When you're young, mm-hmm. you don't make that kind of connection. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing where, like, Sirius set up this prank and he's like, oh, haha, it's a funny but prank. But it's so messed up really because see. what is the consequence of this prank, Sirius, that your best friend kills someone well this is the side this is the side the prank i've never understood like fine you wanted snape to get attacked because he was so kept following you around but you're setting up your best friend Mm -hmm. to murder someone you when your best friend tries his hardest to not be a bad well he doesn't want to hurt anyone he has been tortured his whole life by the fact he might accidentally hurt someone and you're gonna set him up to hurt someone that's gonna hurt your best friend more than anything like exactly this prank from Sirius is bizarre. It's so messed up. So, so here's the thing. Wolfstar is my OTP. Full stop. Yes. But this yes. moment is something that if they don't work through it in a fa- in a Wolfstar o- um, fan fiction that I'm reading, I'm not happy. Because this is so <laughs> fucking messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, when I was a kid, I just didn't really think about this yes. moment. But like, and this is the point of what we're doing, going back as an adult. This is so fucked up, what Sirius does, and I don't know how we reconcile him. Because also, by book five, he's still not a great adult. Like, he's a complex character. Not everyone has to be a good or a bad yes. character, and Sirius yeah. is definitely not an all-good character. But he's given so much credit in the books for being this amazing father figure to Harry, when actually he's a very flawed Yeah, he's figure. so flawed. He is, he, he is yeah. 
He's like emotionally centered. Like he spent like 13 years in prison, in prison. and he basically didn't grow up from like when he went in. Yeah. At like he's still 18, 19. a young yeah. asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like he, di- he didn't grow up and he didn't develop emotionally. Um, so that he kind of like stays how he is. He was already like a fucking flawed character. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. Growing. I love this part and I hate this part. And it just, it complicates Sirius so much as a character. And I love that. I love yeah. that. Like, and you it should also, have at this point, it complicates James because we don't know that it wasn't actually James. Like, we're told that it was Harry's dad. We later on learn, but at this point in the books, we just think that James did this. Yep. We don't realize it was serious. Yeah. Yeah. Snape confiscates the parchment, which is the map, and then tries to, like, open it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and, like, the names start to appear, Goading Snape. And I, yep. like, the same way I wondered about if Snape actually kind of knows something about the hump. I wondered if he... The hump, the witch. Yeah. Hump, yeah, yeah, yeah. I realised I just said the hump. <laughs> I wonder if Snape... Yeah, does Snape know about humping? Humping. Uh, <laughs> Snape doesn't know about I, anything. And he doesn't know anything. Um, I wonder if Snape kind of recognises the nicknames that are written on the back. Yeah, I think I he must... That, like, Right? Yeah, yeah, I think he must. Because he seems to get each really other. mad about it. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he says something about, I wonder if he got it from the manufacturers. And I'm like, yeah. he can't confirm. He has nothing to prove that these were these kids' nicknames in school. But his memory must be like, I heard them call each other that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is what is right. You... Yeah. And that's why he gets Lupin in, because yes. he, he knows that, that Lupin's Lupin connected. has given Harry this, yes. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Does Lupin get there first? But yeah, it's yeah. Lupin and then Ron. I'm just, I'm just so is... curious about how Lupin must feel seeing this map. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm like trying to see this like, childish joke it. that he would have done when he was a kid, but now he's like, yeah. oh shit, this is really embarrassing. Right? And yeah. also, like, knowing that this is how, because he's also carrying around a lie. He has refused to tell Dumbledore mm-hmm. that Sirius can transform into an Animagus and no secret passages in the school because he doesn't want Dumbledore to find out his own wrongdoing. So, although yeah. he tells Harry off, He's also lying to the point where he could be helping Harry get murdered. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. fucking turn eyes. over the map at the end either. He just keeps no. it. Exactly. exactly. Like, this is why I love... I feel like Lupin is always seen as, like, a very, like, good character. And I he's love not, him because though. I think, like, this is he's fucking not. flawed. And also, he's yes. obviously very flawed in the last book as yeah. well. And, like, I love... I love him as a character because I feel like we see him as just like he's kind of described as like the like bookish good one yeah. and you're like he's not like there is nope. so much yep. more to him than that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. just yep. like Lupin versus so much. Lupin yeah, Lupin same. actually might I don't know, it's it's a tie between him and Sirius for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both I, I, so flawed and so cool. So complex, yeah. yeah. So it must have been such a weird moment to arrive in that room and see the map though. Like Yeah, yeah just like this yeah. this like flash from the past of your friends who are mostly dead in your memory. Yeah. Yeah. And also to be like, how has Harry ended up with it? Like, is this fate? Like, yeah. you know, like weird to see like your friend's son. He recovers a lot like him. so quickly from that too. He just like sees yeah. this thing that must absolutely gut him. And he just like snaps into like, oh, this is why this is happening. Yeah. Because he's still determined to like not let Snape win no, yeah everything. no fuck snape yeah. always yeah yeah always, always fuck, fuck snape. snape but ron arrives like panting and saying oh i gave harry all that stuff last time I went to it's me. so dumb this is so dumb because <laughs> at this point he doesn't know wait what did i wrote because why would he know if harry hadn't been with <laughs> yeah at this point 
I mean, he's had a while to think about all the things that could be fucked up about Harry's explanation, I guess. But also, like, from Snape's point of view, surely you would be like, Ron, how do you know that Harry's in here? Yeah, as far as from an outside perspective. (laughs) Yeah, how does Ron Ron... find them? Jesus (laughs) Christ. Yeah. But Ron's in Hogsmeade. He's in Hogsmeade (laughs) all day. Harry is lying and saying he's been in the castle day. So why does Ron appear? Yeah, Ron makes me. Why would Ron run in and be like, yeah. I hear that stuff? Like, how would you know that? Exactly. Surely that just confirms that Harry was, was there. Because was otherwise, why, why would Ron come early, go to Snape's office? Like, how would he know? I mean, that I guess Harry was maybe the like, explanation is that he saw Draco and Draco was like, "Ha, oh, Ron, I'm gonna fuck you and Harry up." Yeah. But, like, oh, oh. it just gives the game away. It gives the game away. Oh, it's so funny. And Steve just lets them go. It's so nuts. What if he ran in? What if Harry had intelligently, like, hidden all the Zonko stuff and then Ron ran in, like, I gave him it. Oh, he doesn't have it. Never mind. It's so convenient. He lets them go because Lucan's like, I need to talk to him about their essay. I'm like, Snape would not let this go that easily. He does. He just, like, he lets them go. I guess it's yeah, because uh, Remus sides no with them. No proof. Yeah, and he has no... He, like, he has a lot of suspicions, but no proof. Yep. Yeah. So Lupin then tells the boys off in a way that is actually, like, I, horrible to read. I like, have he written down on, here... I'm I have, angry, I'm disappointed. I have written down Lupin has some real big dad energy here. <laughs> yeah, he does. Big daddy energy. Sorry. Stop. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but literally yeah. saying to Harry, like, your parents sacrificed themselves. Yes. And they didn't die, so you could be a twat, basically. Yes. I was like, Lupin's I mean, not mad at Harry. He's just He's disappointed. He's just disappointed. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> yeah. But Harry literally says it's worse than Snape yelling at yes. him. It was worse to read. That was really yeah, It was so gutting. Lupin just puts him in his place like just being like you were literally sacrificing dying when your parents died to save you yes to go to a fucking sweet shop so good yes he's so right and harry still fucking doesn't listen to him but he's so right yes but then doesn't go yes yes and say i've been hiding stuff he's lying and risking as much so nuts this is so nuts did it and Lupin is sitting on the information that he knows. Like later, he's like, "Oh, I thought he was using dark magic." But like Lupin, why wouldn't you tell Dumbledore? Mm -hmm. And it's just because he's scared of being found out that he broke the rules in school. And I'm like, "You're (gasps) risking Harry's life." He's he's still protecting James. I feel like he's still protecting them from when he was a kid, and it's so typical of Lupin. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It like. It's it's hard because he's a Gryffindor, but at moments he's very cowardly. Yeah, yeah. like and it, it's so hard because obviously he lives with this like being a werewolf has affected his life in every single way, and it's really hard for him. But oh, I don't. Oh, I he's don't just know. one of those people that's like incapable of making good fucking choice. <laughs> like just consistently yes. bad takes. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's so scared of what the world... <laughs> well, it's true. He's so scared of what the world will do for, to him. Yeah. He's scared of... To do the right thing. Exactly. Yep. He's, like, scared of being a baddie so much that it makes him a baddie. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, I love Lupin. I love Lupin. He yeah. may be my favorite complex... character, actually, now that I think about it. I know. It. I feel like everyone always focuses on Sirius, and I'm like, Lupin, Lupin is where is... it's at. And yeah. I don't mean that in a way where, like... 
I love him as a character. I don't love him as a person. Yes. Yeah, he like, he I, was the one that I really liked when I was a kid, too. Yeah. I did yeah, a lot of, like, Marauders era role playing. And I always ship wow. myself with Lupin. Because I was yeah. I like him. <laughs> I do like him in his cardigans. The like cardigans are <laughs> like a, good, a, good, cardigan. a good thing. I, I just really like that how complex these characters are in a children's book like yeah. it's very easy to just write simplistic characters mm. in a children's book and for these complexities to come in and you can tell they're very complex because there's you know 70 harry potter podcasts talking about these <laughs> issues two decades uh-huh. off, of which we contribute nothing yeah oh, man. don't don't sell we yourself short i love your takes <laughs> We contribute some British accents. We do. <laughs> but, like, you can tell these are complex issues. So Harry feels terrible, and then they run into I mean, he should feel terrible. Hole, and she says that Hagrid has lost the case. Yeah, I thought it was funny that Harry confused Hermione's about to cry face with her, I just heard about someone breaking rules face. <laughs> Surely they're two different faces. Right? Harry's Come on, Harry. oblivious, though. So, so... What did you think of this chapter? I oh, these chapters. Okay, so chapters. The thing. Snape's grudge is like the reason I did mostly Marauders era stuff when I was a kid. Because yeah. I thought the Marauders were so funny. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Everyone always says, oh, if, you know, J.K. Rowling could like write one more thing, it should be Marauders era. And I used to not really. I actually feel like I wasn't that into Marauders when I was younger. Like, I was kind of like, why is everyone so into it? And looking back at it, I'm like, God, there's so much story here. And there's such complex characters. And it would be so cool to get more in detail I think, about that. I think what it is, is that we only ever, like, zone into the Marauders to get, like, major plot points. Which yeah. means that we lose all the kind of, like, nuance and the character development in between those points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing, like, yeah, seeing, Lily and James James's going... growth is something that I really wish we could have gotten at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like such a U-turn from where we see them not really liking each other yeah. to then hearing about them being really, really happy. I mean, I still and that is that is somewhere where the, that fan fiction really filled in really well. I yeah. think um, mm. the the J- there is a lot of James slash Lily stuff that's really good. Yeah, yeah, I can. Well, I like I would hope so because yeah, I finished the book still thinking James is a dickhead. And in my head, kind I'm still of like is. he was just a, he's just a jock. Like how did he go from that to him and I Lily? I think he's. I think Lily was actually just kind of into it the whole time and just pretended that she wasn't. <laughs> she was kind of like no, no. Yeah. yeah, I think he obviously did like deflate yeah. his ego a lot, and also. We've got to remember that, like, basically the war kicked off as they yeah. left yeah. school. And that yeah, and the fact that James and Lily just, like, serious. jumped into it immediately, I think says yeah. so much about them. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. their heart was always in the right yeah. place, and they wanted to help with this effort, like, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of story to be told with the Marauders, and I think fanfiction does a great job of that. I like how you're like, you're like you know, there's a lot of fanfiction. I love <laughs> Jeez, there's a reason I do a fanfiction podcast, and it's because I love it. I just feel like there's just endless stream of like you're never gonna run out. We're never gonna run out of no. fan fiction. It's all good. In, do you know what? I really need to get back into reading more of it because I felt like I, I obviously went through such a stage of reading yeah. it, and then I went through the classic stage of oh my god, this is the most uncool thing. Ever. I cannot <laughs> tell anyone. Let me delete every search history that ever existed. Mm. Now I'm like, do you know what? Fuck that. I need to go back and read some of like the good stuff and the yeah. hilariously funny yes. stuff. Like yeah. the two ends of the spectrum. I have read yeah. some I mean, amazing serious slash Remus shit. I love it. I'll never stop loving it. 
It's my favourite chip. What did you think of these chapters, Charlie? Yeah, I liked them. Like I said, I was really worried when I started reading. I was like, oh no, it's just Quidditch. <laughs> but then it really fucking kicks off. And I feel like oh, it really is where like, the books finally start to get going a little bit. Yeah. Um, to be honest, though, the and... Quidditch is why is part of why I loved this book as a kid. I loved the sports parts of this book. I actually liked Quidditch a lot yeah. as a kid. I just, it's so hard for me as an adult because I'm just like, yeah. it's, it makes no sense. As, uh, I that's my, my hot Quidditch take. Is... I liked Quidditch a lot as a kid. Yeah, I had no problem with it. And I think what, what my favorite thing was always Lee Jordan was commentating. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's amazingly written. I find it the bits that make me laugh the most in the book yes. is Lee Jordan's commentating. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. He's very good. Yeah. Oh, I wish we'd gotten more Lee Jordan stuff, to be honest. Yeah. I just, the entire book's book from Lee Jordan's, just him doing the commentary. (laughs) Like, on life, though. His commentary on life. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. Well, do you know what? Growing up as the twins' best friend. Yeah. Lee Jordan just like tweeting all seven books. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Harry Potter's done more shit again. Yeah, oh my God. My year's been ruined by Harry Potter again. Yeah. Says everyone at Hogwarts. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, would you like to explain to the podcast in a lot more detail about fanatical figs and why they should come and listen? A lot of our listeners do already listen. Yeah, (laughs) and where they should find you. We just love fan fiction and especially ridiculous fan fiction so much much the fan fiction our podcast comes from a deep love of fanfic it's not there to i mean we're there to make some spicy takes about ridiculous shit and fanfic but we love it at the end of the day yeah and And you can tell we have a lot of really comes through i i that's that's always the hope the hope is that our love comes through because we do sequoia wrote a lot of it when she was little and i read a lot of it when i was little yeah (laughs) and it's just such a fun because we we've specialized in the stuff before book seven come up and it came out and it's just such a fun era of fanfic to be in and to just look back on that it's just a fun time i hope and think yeah definitely yeah yeah, so where can people find you? Find us whenever, wherever fanfic... Shit, fuck. I'm pretty <laughs> dumb. Find us wherever podcasts are at. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Fanatical Fix. And where to find them is our long ass name. You can also find us on name? Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at <laughs> Fanatical Fix. Uh, yeah, check us out. You definitely should. Yeah. Our like Discord has actually are... become, I think, so you're, because we upload every fortnight and you yeah. guys upload every yeah. fortnight and the weeks we're off, you guys upload. Oh, really? And our Discord becomes like, have you listened to Fanatical Picks episode? And they all discuss it. And I'm like, <laughs> I love this, that our Discord has become a discussion based on your company. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, oh, like, they were like, you guys need to upload like every week. Like, you know, like the gap between episodes is really bad. Oh. Like, and Not we bad, were like, like, we can't, yeah. Yeah. we can't, but go listen to Fanatical Fix. Yeah, right? that that's it, that's it. it. We're Do sister it. podcasts, and when we're off, you're on, and you should just be it's listening to the other one. perfect. None of us planned this, but this is perfect. Yeah. We can never swap weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. This yeah, has been really so fun. This. Uh, and hopefully sometime in the next few weeks slash months we'll be guesting on York. Definitely. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for and having me. This was so fun. I get so little opportunity fun. to talk about actual canon. <laughs> 
Oh. oh, love it. Okay, so we'll say goodbye to the podcast. We're not going to say goodbye to you immediately. That would be weird. Like, sign off. <laughs> Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer-level patrons, Amanda, Mark, Sandra and Danny, for their help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes, check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash gobletofwine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.